Talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll and the only place to hear the joke of the week from Duff McKagan. Oh, yeah. Chris Jericho. Uh, Duff McKagan here. Real quick. You know, we're talking about science and stuff a lot lately. Uh, do you know the difference between an enzyme and a hormone? Yeah, you, you can't hear an enzyme. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot of good ones in a row. I finally, finally got the uh, minute one from last week. Uh, but then uh, Duff breaks his streak with that one. Well, thanks to Duff. Anyways, for never missing a Friday with the uh, joke of the week. He'll definitely be bringing it when Guns N' Roses hit the road later this summer. Hopefully, he'll be able to keep calling in the jokes. They just announced their rescheduled dates, and they added 14 new ones, stadiums and arenas. They start back up July 31st in Pennsylvania. Full capacity crowds. It's going to be a great time. Go to GunsNRoses.com for all ticket info. And go ahead and buy your tickets to see Fozzie, too. The Save the World Tour launches September 2nd in Columbus. We've got a few festival appearances happening before then as well this summer. You get your tickets at FozzieRock.com. Come out and rock with Fozzie. Check out the VIP, too. Most of those are sold out, but we still have a few left in certain cities. So check all that out at FozzieRock.com. And just remember, we are going to be in Iowa City at Wildwood on July 14th. We're going to be at the Cadot Rock Fest main stage on July 15th in Jacksonville, the Taco Festival on July 17th. Then we've got Sheboygan at Brat Days, August 7th. And then the Save the World Tour continues and really starts in earnest. September 2nd in Columbus, September 3rd, Joliet at the Forge, September 4th, Belvedere at the Apollo Theater, September 6th in Kansasville, Wisconsin, going all the way to October 9th in Orlando at the Earth Day birthday. So go check it out at FozzyRock.com for all tickets and VIP uh, for whatever we have uh, left. All right. It's going to be a great, great time uh, through Fire Royal Bliss. Black Satellite Zero Theorem will be out with us for most of the dates. So come check it out, FozzyRock.com. Fozzy is back, baby. Come hang with us. And don't forget the new video for Sane. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. We filmed it on a roller coaster in Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana. No stunt doubles or CGI special effects for that, similar to the uh, repelling that we did with the Inner Circle, which we we're going to talk about just in a bit. And don't forget about the latest episode of Winnipeggers on my YouTube channel as well, on my Facebook page too. All about high school teachers this week, complete, uh, complete with embarrassing yearbook photos and great stories about getting uh, getting the ruler across the knuckles. That was still a thing in the 80s, so there you go. But like I said before, the Inner Circle is back here on Talk is Jericho, talking about the amazing, classic, groundbreaking stadium stampede at Double Nothing a few weeks ago. We're giving you a behind-the-scenes look at what it took to put it together this year, what the differences were between this year and last year. You hear all about Conan's surprise DJ appearance, the song that we were supposed to get, the drama around licensing music for that scene with Santana Ortiz and FDR. You hear all about Jake Hager and Wardlow's fight in the freezer, where that came from. And, of course, Sammy Guevara is talking about his crazy 630 he did in the ring, his Jackie Chan fight scene. And we're all discussing, like I said, the big rappel down the scoreboard. Uh, no stunt doubles there either. 100% the five of us. It was scarier than it looked. You'll hear all the gory details of the steep ladder climb to get up there, sitting on top of the scoreboard in the howling wind, waiting for the camera crew for about 20 minutes. And, of course, the initial jump off the top and the uh, rappelling down. So much to talk about. Urban Meyer, MJF. It was a classic moment, and it's going to be a classic show right here. The Inner Circle returns to break down the stadium stampede, too. Now on Talk is Jericho. Well, we're talking kind of the last time we did this was last summer after Stadium Stampede 1 uh, with the Inner Circle talking about how crazy of a match that was. 
and we kind of want to continue to to talk about Stadium Stampede 2, which just happened, and we found out uh, it was the second highest buy rate uh, in AEW history, which shows that the Stadium Stampede is a legit draw. And I think that's 100% because of us. (laughs) I mean, we're the kings of the match, right? I think it's officially become an inner circle match. It really has, right? Because the thing that everyone was talking about is last year's, I think, was such a surprise mm-hmm. as far as no one really knew what it was going to be. And then how do we kind of change it around this year? So, like, asking you guys, what do you think the biggest differences were between Stampede 1 and Stampede 2? You can start, Richie. Uh, I think for me personally, right away, was just the feel of it and the uh, the vibe that we gave off last year. You know, it had a lot of haha, a lot of... Uh, you know, pretty comedic spots that were amazing and great. And uh, I think we we did our job in, in um, providing an escape for a lot of people during that time, like the height of the pandemic, you know, everything was just starting. And I think, um, you know, we did our jobs with giving a little bit of everything in that one. And then with this one, it was just pure violence. It was, it was uh, I felt like it was, it was exactly what it needed to be with what we were building and especially coming off of blood and guts and just, all that it was yeah it just had a totally different feel like the story was different this time because of it too right like more of a blood feud that started with the blood and guts and we can talk about that a little bit earlier as well but we wanted to make it more of kind of a like a fight like a like a like a like a big long movie fight scene it's kind of what we were going for yeah the the hardest thing to do with a intense storyline um intense feud is uh, the finish really has to equal that intensity you got to pay it off in such a way and to me that finish in the ring live in front of everybody well you know just really paid off all the violence all the pain all the souls that we had to take for that match that finish in the ring was just something else that was your idea for that sammy yeah, when uh, when Tony and you told me that, I figured one of you guys came up with it too, or maybe you guys were already thinking of it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, you guys. Uh, you know, you guys went with it too. What made you just? What made you think of it? Because it's a great idea. It's one of those ones like I should have thought about it. But well, I it's just because like you know, there's gonna be five thousand people there, and it's like, damn, we're gonna do a pre-recorded thing, and they're gonna watch it on a monitor. It would be nice to be out there in front of the people. Phone is away. Oh, wait, we can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it all worked out. Especially when you came out, Chris. Like, uh, uh, no one thought we were going to go out, and then you're fighting in the stands up there. People lost their minds. It was a cool moment because we had done, like, the, the whole fight, you know, 28-minute kind of recorded thing. And the best part was Spears runs being chased by the motorcycle club. And then it's like we're back at that little area, and it's 3, 2, 1, go through the door and people are still watching it back people are still thinking okay this is the next scene and then suddenly they realize like oh wow like oh my gosh and then they start to see this ripple effect of like they're in the arena they're in the arena and then seeing you guys come around the corner and it was just a really great idea Ortiz Ortiz was the one who also came up with the idea of all of us coming in through the crowd as if we were coming from the stadium and i think that was awesome too like we you know the fans weren't expecting us to to be in even be in the building and and you know we give them this huge surprise and all of us coming through the audience and stuff it was it Where'd was you get awesome that idea from, Angel? 
Uh, selfishly, I just wanted the the, <laughs> the validation from the fans. I just wanted to walk through the sea of uh, to, to feel that energy, man. It's just that the energy that night was unreal, and uh, it, it was def- definitely a testament to us coming back. It was it was the best way to, for it to happen, and I I just was like, man, we need to walk through the crowd. Like, why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? We just had this this insane brawl throughout the whole entire stadium. Why wouldn't we walk through the crowd? And I just want—I just wanted to be amongst the fans. And it's one of those things. It was—it was perfect. We, there's no other way we—we—we we, we should have done that. Mm-hmm. We could have done that, you know. Yeah. And it—it—we it, it, were talking earlier, and someone made an analogy about this. In—in in that that match was almost like mimicking what we had been through the past year. Mm-hmm. Yep. We started out in you know with no uh, our match at cin- with the repelling and all that stuff. There's no crowd. We're doing this great cinematic thing. People are watching. And then slowly we emerge into the arena. And then the end, it's like the five of us in the ring, but everybody's singing. Everybody's mm-hmm. having just the best time. And it was really like, here's the perfect example of where we're at right now. I think it was the perfect validation for all the hard work that we put in the entire year, you know, just right. leading up to that and, and finally having that moment in front of a returning crowd and just. Uh, it's definitely something that that'll be with me forever personally like it's uh, all five of us being in the ring and and just feeling that energy and having the crowd singing and and just man it was emotional yo it it really was my favorite part was jake's like uh dance it was like it was like he was in a mosh pit like doing like the frug or like the mashed potatoes I got a lot of gifts, guys. Dancing ain't one of them. <laughs> You're just feeling it, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the best part of just feeling this crowd, and, yeah. like, it was real. And, like, you are talking about when Chris came out. Like, it was so cool because you could see it on the on our faces backstage as they were slowly coming out and slowly revealing to the audience. You could hear the rumbles, and then the rumble got bigger, and yeah. then it got bigger, and then it was the big reveal that everyone could see them. And it was just like... We haven't had that feeling in so long, and it's just like I really like don't want to toot our own horns, but it was like just man a great energy yeah. all the way around. It was just good for the wrestling world, and just great to be a part of. So going back to when the idea was proposed, because we had thought about doing this kind of, this long angle that would lead to blood and guts at the pay per view. Then Tony wanted to do it on TV, so so Stadium Stampede was like the the retort for that. And it, like, once again, we're making jokes, but it really was kind of on our shoulders because we'd been through the first one. And like you mentioned, it was in the middle of this pandemic. No one really knew what to expect. We just wanted to put on, I remember, think we just want to put on a fun diversion for people, which we did. I mean, there was so, it was violent at times, but there were so many gags. And then, of course, Jake and Hangman's fight scene was completely serious. You guys up in the pool was completely not. Mm-hmm. Us on the field was ridiculous, but then it ends with Sammy taking this ridiculous, crazy bump. Yeah, it was fun for everybody else. Uh, that whole match <laughs> was too fun for me. <laughs> you got chased maybe like four times in that yeah. match. Horses and golf Horses, carts. Horses, golf carts. So then when the idea was Stadium Stampede 2, and I remember there's a lot of people saying, well, what are you guys going to do? Like, how can you how can you, you know, make, make it better than the first? And I was saying, well, I'm sure... We thought that after the first Elimination Chamber or after the first Royal Rumble or the first Hell in the Cell, how could you ever top this first ladder match? We just have to figure it out. But I feel that it started with us because we had been in the first. What do we do to make it different in the second? Right. And because of the the story that we were telling, we wanted it to be more violent. Yeah. You know, 
And one of the things we wanted to do was make it more like a, like an action movie. And then we were like, well, we should try and hire a stunt coordinator or something along those lines. And then just behold that Jake knows a guy. Yeah, what a what a cool idea. And I think a lot of it stemmed from uh, the um, locker room brawl that we had where you guys came out of the bathroom and into the, um, into the glass and what you guys did on the patio. It looked so real and so cool. And, that was great. And you guys had the idea to the, do the one camera shot on it. And uh, it was cool how it worked out. Uh, his, his name is uh, Joe Dryden. He, uh, he's the husband to Taryn Terrell. And uh, he's worked on a lot of big movies, a lot of big TV shows. And he was the biggest fan. He came in here with a great attitude and not only helped us with, like, what we wanted to do but also help the camera guys make it look a certain way he always said add energy to the mm. shot but it, it was so cool he climbed up to the top of the scoreboard with us and then climbed back <laughs> down I, have you guys did you look at his his imdb like his credits like the no. dude literally has worked on everything he's a badass in every aspect like john wick was the one that you said yeah. but yes it's been john wick but it's been like he's the entire uh, the whole uh what is NC, NCIS, NCIS yeah. New Orleans, which yeah. I think is on his 10th season. He is the stunt coordinator, stunt leader, stunt control, stunt, 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 oh. stunt. But every other movie, because even like, like Bill and Ted, like all these other ones that you wouldn't even expect for 20 years. And so when I looked him up, when you mentioned his name, I was like, well, this guy knows obviously what he's doing, but how is he going to be able to incorporate that with what we're doing? Did he help you guys at all, Sammy? Because your fight scene was looked like a Jackie Chan yeah, movie. Yeah, just like with the chair thing in the beginning, because um, you were saying like almost like there's like a ninja kind of fight, and then we're like, well, we're in a chair room, like maybe there's some stuff we can do there, and so he kind of helped us with that, going back and forth like a movie, and then you know we had the wall flip. Spears is like, you know, there's something you could do with the 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 wall, and then the guy's like, are you? Athletic, like, can you? I was like, I could definitely do some backflips. Can we talk about the wall flip? That yeah. was like straight out of Mortal Kombat. Bro. That was awesome. That was amazing. He I, definitely helped us a lot too yeah. with our scene. He was. How how did he help for you guys? Uh, we were just trying to, you know, because I I think the vision that we had for that was uh, a little mix of Roadhouse with, uh, you know, uh, another movie called Belly. Um, you know, we were just, we had so many ideas. We had a rumble in the Bronx that we were, you know, we were <laughs> right. referencing to, but yeah, we just, that was our whole vision and mindset was that we wanted to make it look like, like you said, an action movie and we we're just whipping a bunch of guys asses. And then we, we get to the point where we have a moment in the middle and then we just fight. Like they, they were super awesome with, uh, making sure everyone was in place and, and, you know, what things to do and what moves and. Yeah, they were they were just awesome. It was great to have them there, and and you guys did the homage with Jake and uh, Hangman did last year. Have a drink before, yeah, you yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, uh, to go off of Santana's point, uh, he he actually brought up a really good idea of like fighting in layers, so the scene looks more dynamic. So like when we attack somebody, we're like Santana attacks someone. I step in front of him. I attack someone. Just so it adds a different like. Um, uh, energy to the scene and it kind of keeps it moving he was he was like uh, really telling us like when you do stuff too much too fast then it'll kind of get jumbled up mm -hmm. there has to be a pacing just like there is a, with wrestling and that was easy to kind of like for us to kind of get with and uh, yeah they, they were dope man he was he was really cool it reminded me honestly like of, of I don't know if you guys ever seen The Raid it's like this uh, oh, yeah, a, a it's movie for, I think it's movie. like Thailand or something yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, there's a fight scene in there where the guy is in a long hallway and there's just people coming out of different apartments and he's just fighting through in layers, you know, going through that hallway and just busting his way through. And it was, yeah. It's interesting because he told me this fight scene that you guys did in, you know, 12 hours would take three weeks in the movies. And I was like, well, it's like guerrilla filmmaking, man. Because the thing that I really felt about it is like, we think like wrestlers, we fight the way wrestlers would fight. So when we're doing bar scenes or whatever, it's, it's a wrestling element to it. But for what I liked with him was he, he put the stunt fighting the Hollywood into yeah. it. Like there was a couple times with with Max and I, and they're the two best punches of the night where you film from behind and you movie throw magic, the movie yeah. magic, and we yeah. missed by you know three feet, but from behind it looks like a clocked him because you're like wrestling punches stop. These ones go right through, and yep. it's like a Schwarzenegger thing. And I was like, why don't we do this all the time? But of yeah. course, you would have to be completely locked in with the camera. And then he came up with the idea where where I, uh, I hit Max and then ran the chair where he sat in the chair and then took him and would run him into something. <laughs> yeah. But, and then the other one that was really cool was his other buddy who was Corey. Yep, we call yep. him a choreography. <laughs> he, we go into the office and he goes, I just did this video and it's a fight scene where the camera is on one side of a window and the guys are fighting on the other side of the window. So we did a fight exactly like that. And I was like, do you just happen to have this on you? Because they didn't really know. They weren't really scouting out the place because he was supposed to come when we did our rehearsal a couple of weeks ago and couldn't mm-hmm. make it. So I was like, how do you just happen to have this stuff? But that's what they brought to the table, which I thought was just great. And the one I thought for you, Jake, with, with, was when Wardlow picked up those kind of water cans and used it like as boxing gloves. Is that something that he thought of? How's that you think of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were uh, trying to like, make it as natural in the elements as we could. And just use what we had because there was so much in there. And uh, he uh, kind of gave us like, hey, maybe these are a good thing to play with. You know, just watch out for like the metal end on them. And then he, the, the jab, that looks so yeah. good. It looks like he took my head off with it. Originally, originally we were going to shoot that from behind and show the head jerk. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up shooting it the other way. And it, and it still worked out. And then he said at the end of that, that was one of the shots that, he didn't know it could have worked out from that way, and it ended up, you know, going. Yeah. So my favorite was the 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 freezer scene and Warlow grabbing the huge icicle and trying to stab <laughs> you with the. That was awesome, man. Like, yeah, yeah I, you guys definitely like that element and and using the freezer and oh, that was awesome. Eight year old Jake channeled his the uh, Schwarzenegger. And Hell yeah! There, <laughs> you're full of steam, Warlow. <laughs> But that's the thing too. Like I know a lot of people were, were burying us last year for not a lot of people. The, the, the we know who they are. The f-ing assholes were like, oh, it's too comedy, and this is this is so funny. And we we're like, and they're like, oh, they're just how can they do it with this year? And people never know exactly what we're thinking. And we're always a step ahead because we know what we're doing, and we knew that this was going to be more intense. But there still also has to be some laughs in it. Like you know, the, for us it was the Urban Meyer, or even like I grabbed the. I grabbed the megaphone and yelled in his face, which, by the way, really would, like, it's loud. But it's funny, but it's loud. But I think every great action movie has stuff like that in it. All of our favorite movies, like you mentioned, Schwarzenegger, any Jackie Chan or any John Wick, there is moments of smiling, as there should be. So I was like, we can't just go completely away. Maybe we won't have Ortiz, you know, get stuck in a bell, which is still my all-time favorite moment in AW history where he's just doing the shake because of it. But let's go back to 
once again, okay, so how do we create this? So we came here a couple of weeks before to the day after blood and guts to the stadium just to have a conversation about what we wanted to do. And I'm sure all you guys kind of remember more, more than each, but I was thinking, okay, we know that there's, because Tony said he wants to put Urban Meyer, and originally it was like Tebow or, or Trevor Lawrence, in the office. And I said, well, maybe we can fight in the office. That'll be our world. Because last year, everyone broke away into their own little worlds. So how did you guys come up with your worlds? For me, uh, there was already a chair room for, uh, like for the stadium. They had, did like, you a- know that? No, we just were walking around the stadium trying to find an area. And then there was already a chair room. And then uh, Spears was like, obviously, you know, that's his room. And then uh, we were thinking like lighting and all sorts of things, like almost like a video game. Like Mm. this is one of the bosses you got to beat. And uh, so kind of when I walk into when the lights go off, it's almost video game like. Like you just stumbled across the Pokemon and now you need to go into battle kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of what we were thinking. Just finding that one room. Yeah. How, how to, for the bar fight? We just wanted to show a contrast. Like we had a different, uh, many different uh, ideas going into it. But uh, you know, uh, with the music, we wanted to kind of set up the world where it's like, okay, they're in the. Uh, originally, we wanted a country song playing in the background, so it's kind of like FTR. This is kind of their scene. Bam! Here we come, busting through the doors. There's a shift changed with Conan changing the music and then hip hop is playing. Uh, so that was our idea where it shows a contrast between us because very much FTR and us are, are very much alike in a sense, but we're from different worlds and we wanted to kind of portray that in the scene. And um, I think it came across like so. And um, I, I just have to sidetrack for a second. Tully in that outfit was amazing. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. The picture that they have with Tully just... <laughs> you guys just walk in there. and he shoot, shoot oh the man it's it's amazing that's one thing i love about tully is he goes all in like he's not he gets it he's he understands a heel you go on you're not worried about what you look like he shows up in like his sparkly <laughs> like when we were shooting that bubbly at him he was nowhere to be seen he wasn't getting his sparkly jacket <laughs> I, I aimed for him though i yeah. saw him trying to get away i was like I'm gonna get you. <laughs> but but yeah but the 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 dichotomy of that was so great and the original idea was I think you mentioned we should try and get DMX. Or maybe Max mentioned we should try and get Mm -hmm. DMX. Mm -hmm. So to kind of talk about the music for a bit, I was like, first of all, we tried to get Van Halen running with the devil when Max and I teamed that one time. Mm -hmm. They came back and said, for a one-time use, it's $500,000. Which is basically a nice way of saying, go fuck your ass. Pretty much. And I was like, (laughs) if I was the richest man in the world, if if I was Tony, I would have said, here's a million, give it to us twice. (laughs) <laughs> but they were like, and so uh, so Frank Sinatra was was a lot cheaper, but it was really hard to get because Sinatra, once again, this is a, you know, me and my shadow, this is a big time guy. He didn't write the song, but it's the publishers who own it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then even like for Judas, like when I want to use Judas, I can't just use it. Sony, who owns our publishing, has to approve. Mm-hmm. So DMX was the idea. And I thought, well, there's no way. So I asked Mega, who's who's. As Conan will call her legal girl, which she's now changed her <laughs> the AW legal girl, which she's changed her Instagram to if you guys saw that's awesome. great. She kind of does this. That's kind of one of her, her fortes for the NFL to get mm-hmm. licensing for songs. So I said, well, it's probably a long shot. Thinking about the Van Halen one, because Eddie had just died. They'll mm-hmm. probably never use it. And they came back and said, Yes, for X Conan, give it to you. Mm-hmm. And it was for not a huge, not Van Halen money. Mm-hmm. 
and not Frank Sinatra money, which was 15 grand, but somewhere like lower than that, where it was affordable, we mm-hmm. could do it. And mm-hmm. I even said like, I'll go halves. Like, let's mm-hmm. just get this. Yeah. And this is funny because this is like, and you'll, you know, you were having some rough times, uh, Santana was, and I was like, dude, I got a surprise for you. And he goes, what's the surprise? And like I said, we got DMX. And like, I thought this is going to be it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and we were all excited. And I think you were probably, and you were, I think Larry said, what's the surprise? I, said, I just told you what the surprise was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that enough? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I could only imagine. He's like, what a prick. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just gave him like one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. He's still asking what the surprise is. What a jerk. So, so then a couple days before, poor Daryl, because you guys, so Daryl's one of our production managers who he's on the field with us during the stampede. Now you got the guys in the truck and you got us and he's the middleman. I remember last year because he was wearing that stupid mask. I was ready to rip his mask off like at five in the morning. I'm like, what are you saying? Tell them this, tell them that. What, make a facial expression because he's super stoic. He's yeah. great at his job. Yeah, yeah. I'm super emotional. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> so he tells me, so I heard that we don't have DMX. I'm like, what are you talking about? So then this domino effect goes to where we were originally given permission, but the family has to sign off on it, and they didn't sign off. Yeah. So then I have to break the news like, oh, man, we don't get DMX. So then we're trying to get – what were some of the suggestions? They were – I was trying to reach out to uh, – some of my friends that are part of like uh, Griselda Records, which is like this popular hip hop group now with uh, West Side Gun and Benny the Butcher and uh, Conway the Machine. Then I uh, reached out to my other friend Smoke Dizza. So I was just trying to reach out to all the guys that I knew that are popular and that, you know, have a, a really big following right. and stuff like that. And they um, enjoy wrestling. They're and, wrestling they, fans. and they're huge wrestling fans. Right. So they would have definitely like let it happen. It's funny because. I I messaged Westside Gun uh, the day before when when we were trying to figure things out, and he didn't see the message until what was it? I think Monday. And then Monday he responds. He's like, "I'm so pissed that I missed this message," because he was like, "Bro, the next time he was like, the next time you ever want to use anything, you have my sign off, like any <laughs> any time." So. Uh, but I was like, you know, next time we'll 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 definitely make something well, happen. The is then, I'm just looking through trying to find some of these names here. So we're looking to try and find anybody with a certain vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And once DMX was out, I was like, what are we going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so, because she's like, uh, we were offered Curtis Blow the Breaks. And she goes, Jesus. <laughs> that is the most feel-good I hip-hop song. I didn't even tell you, dude. Because she goes, uh, it's, it's similar, iconic. First rap song to ever be certified gold and number 10 on VH1's list of the 100 greatest hip-hop songs of all time, right? So I said, can they get it to us for sure? Then I listened to it and I go, this thing is way too happy. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. needs to be dirtier in vibe. And then she came up with a couple others. And God bless her, she was working hard trying to get something. And we just couldn't get anybody. And I was... Like, I, my hip-hop knowledge is limited, mm-hmm. so I was asking you guys. I had Eddie Kingston come in. Mm-hmm. I know he's from the streets. Can you give us? And he's, a lot of his ideas were the same as yep, yours. Yep. And we just couldn't find anything. Yep. So then I asked Mikey Ruckus, who is a guy that's come through with, for us a couple times, can you make something? Like, can you make X go and give it to you, but just not we're going to get sued? And like a remix almost, a, yeah. yeah. He came back with one, It was and Mega just said, you got to change the horns or whatever. Like mm-hmm. And he came up with one that was pretty... Pretty, pretty close, pretty and close. it was close. Yeah. yeah. When I when you sent it to me, I was like, "Did they use the same beat?" 
like because yeah. it sounded exactly the same. And he which got is some awesome. guys from Atlanta, some rappers yep. from Atlanta that came in, and 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 listen, this Mikey Ruckus, he's an unsung hero because I was like, yep. dude, you got how much time? Do I said you get twenty four hours, find some rappers and and do it. So he. Yep. He really, he really did, and uh, it came through in the clutch for that for us. So yeah. I'm just trying to find the rapper's name. Uh, Omega Sparks and Doe the Paperboy uh, mm-hmm. from Atlanta laid down a great rap for yeah. us. And then the last thing I'll say about it is that we originally tried the country music, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, this doesn't fit at all because this is lit like a club. Mm-hmm. It feels like a club. Mm-hmm. Everyone's dressed like a club. And Conan's the DJ. He would never. He would never. <laughs> I don't know about never. No, I listen. Pass him. I yeah. put it past him. Ortiz and I, we had this argument over text. Like, we were all talking with, with FTR and stuff. And uh, I was straight up. I was like, first of all, Conan would never play no country I don't know music. about, man. And then That's he the goes, man. I don't know about. I was like, bro. He'll tell you himself. I mean, yeah, yeah. Conan might just, surprise you, man. I'm telling you. No, you with don't some with, him. with some freestyle. Or well, I'm talking about with some, with some some country. He would play like that. '80s Loverboy or something <laughs> like that. Because, yeah. And the and the funny thing too is because we had just gone through all this stuff on the on the on the DMX and and the the, the, the library music they had this country music it was really bad. And then I'm like, well, FTR wouldn't hang out in a place like this. And I said, just find some really shitty EDM. Mm-hmm. And they used that, and then when the transition came to the to the hip hop, I thought it really was like, okay, that works. Yeah, yeah. The best is like the club is playing EDM, right? And you got FTR and Tully dressed like some <laughs> some village <laughs> yeah. people, and I I, th- <laughs> I think that was the greatest thing ever. And then their facial expressions when we walk yeah. in, and you see like Dax with his hand on his hip, yeah, and he's like <laughs> leaning again, and I'm like. This just doesn't look right at all. This is, and, and then the funny thing about it too was was uh, when they got a bunch of extras, and once again, like I don't like I'm not a control freak, but I'm kind of the point man on this. So if there's something going on with our match, and you got to tell someone in our, please tell me. They told everybody else but me about they needed extras for the club. So last minute they get the captain to get mm-hmm. extras, and I said, can I see a list of those extras? All guys. And I'm like, you understand this is a club, right? Yeah. What kind of a club are these guys hanging in if it's all guys? EDM village people club. The Blue Oyster. The Police Academy. Yeah. So then, so then they, they, get, they hire some chicks who they did the same thing they did last year. They show up for the shoot. Goes too late. They leave. So we got the aforementioned Mega, the AEW legal girl, <laughs> and Jess Palumbo, who's our producer, yeah. put on nightclub dresses and hung out there. So yeah. At least you had a couple girls in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I was all about fighting in the Blue Oyster, man. I love Police Academy. <laughs> we could have probably licensed that music fairly. Yeah. All right, we'll get into Jake and uh, Wardlow's scene in the freezer and all the stuff they did. But first, I want to tell you about the newest offering from my favorite electric toothbrush maker, Quip. Quip has a mouthwash. Big news and great news for me because you know how close I have to get to uh, referee Aubrey Edwards when I'm yelling at her. And now I can at least scream at her with fresh, minty, smelling breath. Thank you, Quip. Mouthwash should be a key part of your whole mouth's health because it gets in between teeth to kill bad breath germs and help strengthen enamel. Thankfully, the oral care experts at Quip created a super simple way to make mouthwash part of your daily oral care routine. Quip's mouthwash and refillable dispenser kills bad breath, helps prevent cavities, and leaves your feeling and smelling fresh. The four times concentrated formula packs everything you need with none of the alcohol or artificial colors you find in other brands. 
Plus, the refillable dispenser comes in five cool colors and is super small and sleek looking so it fits in any bathroom, no matter how big or small. You pump the dispenser once, pour it into the little cup that it comes with, add a touch of water, and swish, swish away. Now you can get mouthwash, fresh toothbrush heads, floss, toothpaste, gum even, delivered right to your door every three months, starting from just five bucks. And of course, shipping is free. Save money, skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping, make your mouth happy and your smile bright and white. Get quip.com slash Jericho right now and get five bucks off the mouthwash starter kit. That's five bucks off a mouthwash starter kit, which includes a refillable dispenser and a 90-day supply of Quip's four times concentrated formula at getquip.com slash Jericho. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Jericho. Quip, the good habits company. Jake, how about the, the, the your guys' scene, the freezer and all that sort of stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, when we came in for rehearsal, I had uh, the highest hopes of being in the DMX scene. I was going to just kind of work my way <laughs> into that. I think that. everyone was trying yeah. to pull But it, it worked out way better that that was your guys' world. And uh, Chris, you had the idea because you That's had right. seen that you uh, – Scouted that they had a big freezer full of stadium food, hot dogs, hamburgers. But you know what's funny though, just in, in I didn't scout it. I just said, I remember I had just I thought about Rocky when he was in the. He worked at the butch at the at the factory on the docks, the the meat factory, and he was practicing working out with the with the carcasses. And I thought it'd be kind of cool, like a scary movie where there's hanging bodies, but they're carcasses. And you guys were so I said, is there a freezer in here or something? And that's kind of where that started. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I immediately thought that'd be awesome if we could do like a Bruce Lee like mirror scene where there's where is the guy type deal, and uh, I think it really worked out well. Once we got in there, the way the world kind of came to life is like the room was like a, a big L, and we wanted the, like a certain flow. And again, choreograph and uh, Joe Joe Vert. I always call him Joe Dirt. You know, they were telling us we're big guys have a higher cadence with it, and. Uh, it was cool that I was able to like incorporate a lot of the, like the MMA training that I had with this and really make Wardlow look a lot tougher than he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no disrespect to him, he's a, he's a, he's a great athlete. And uh, it was just cool. I felt like we had the most toys to play with. We had the freezer, we had like peanuts to bump on, and we had icicles hanging, we had the pigs. Uh, going through that wall uh, just sucked though it was like it just like did not crumble it looked like it was like slow to me it was like the slowest explosion uh, like a real wall would be yeah maybe. yeah I was like okay um, but I was very happy with everything and man it was just cool to kind of get the Backstein side of it and see how they really would do that for a movie I'm a big movie guy and love action movies and so how they would show how they would shoot into the wall scene and specifically learned a lot and talking about Joe Bird, it's cool. Like it's so different, but the stunt world and what he does is very similar to ours. We just have our differences and it was cool to kind of get to pick. Like, his brain. I know the flight the fight scene that we had, uh, he was like, could you slip, slip and if you kickbox or, or, you know, we, MMA training slipping is you're, you're, you're dodging and Max didn't know that term. And so it was like, and swing and duck for us to be like you know i don't even know how you would say it because we don't really do it'd be block the punch block the punch duck two it's, it's, yeah duck yeah. two just, just the little slip and those little details helped to make it different and make it seem much more 
kind of exciting. Sammy, talk about the second part of your scene because I know there's some stuff that you wanted to do after the chair room when you kind of went. Oh into right. Room. So like uh, there was that uh, I don't even know what you call it that big shelf thing with all the stuff yeah. on it, um, and then we had those two tables and. You know me, I'm always trying to do some crazy stuff. And so, first there was an even taller shelf right to the right of it. And I climbed up there. And, see, that was probably like 20 feet in the air. I'm like, yeah, maybe I just go, you know, I jump off this, miss miss something, whatever. And that's the end of my scene. I'm dead after that. Everyone's like, you're legit going to die, though. <laughs> like, there's concrete underneath. I'm like, I'll be fine. Yeah, right. I understand how to do it. Um, but then they're like, no, you can't do that. So then I was like, okay, maybe I'll do the lower one. So, and then it changed and to, oh, no, we don't want you, you know, jumping off. And I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe I get thrown off of it. You know, I just was throwing everything at the wall. I'm yeah. like, kill me with something. And then it got swept from under me. Spears moved. And, uh, but I still got to do some parkour stuff, you know? That got was to, cool. Yeah. Jump onto the little, uh, forklift thing or whatever it is. And then. There was one point where they were like saying he wants to use the forklift, like as if you wanted to like be pulled up on the forklift or something. Yeah, they all told me no. Yeah, big yeah, no on that yeah. one. Or not? Oh, the forklift. Okay, I thought you meant the. Oh, was it? What was it called? What is that called? The the, the thing. The cherry picker. The cherry picker is that what it is? Or the the thing that goes up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like thing the, that Kenny Kenny Moonsault. Yeah, yeah. Fight, yeah. So yeah, I had about eight people come up to me that day and say nothing off that, and I was like, but you don't know what I'm gonna do. They're like, just don't even touch it. I'm like, all right. And then, the, and then the other thing was when you got the bolt cutters, you see the bolt cutters, you were going to have the handcuff on <laughs> for the NC. Yeah, yeah. I remember halfway through, I was like, he doesn't have his handcuff. What yeah. handcuff? And I'm like, he's handcuffed. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to get more behind the scenes, since we're speaking to the handcuffs, I mean, I got this black eye here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris, you got to probably see that like, I firsthand. Saw it. I, was standing I never there. got to watch your back. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pulling these, I'm pulling these handcuffs that's attached to the, to the bar and I'm pulling it, pulling it, and I don't know who is in charge of these handcuffs. We're, you know, a million-dollar company. Got $4 handcuffs. They came off, hit me right in the eye, gave me a black eye. Yeah, the, the, the handcuff came unattached and swung and hit him in the face. Dude, that hurt more than the whole scene. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. The whole f***ing scene. I remember looking at Sean like, bro. <laughs> we were supposed to take care of each other. He's like, that was all him. <laughs> Yeah. kicking my own ass <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you said the handcuff was too long the chain was too long yeah or and then like i was that. you know doing the 630 like it's gonna whip and hit yeah, me yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. so i just left it in the cup holder i was like <laughs> you know what i cut it off with the right, bolt cutters that's what yeah, i did that, that makes sense yes all right let's talk about the big repelling scene we'll get into the nitty-gritty of how that came together uh what it was like to film at the top of the scoreboard a little bit scary but before we do finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great but the pressure of what comes after that isn't so great i'm talking about shopping for an engagement ring hassle haggling finding a store to trust fi uh, figuring out the four c's discounts sales coupons styles it's overwhelming but don't let any of that be the reason not to get engaged obviously especially when you got steven singer in your corner that's why guys really hate steven singer he takes away every single excuse in the book about not buying the ring, and he makes it so easy. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He's also a Talk is Jericho alumni as well. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, and real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes, no discounts. 
just the best possible price, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check out Stephen at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Go check him out now. Let's talk about the big scene that everybody was talking about, which, of course, was the repelling off oh, the scoreboard. Which you guys are all blaming it being my idea. Was it really my idea? That was your idea. You, so how do you guys remember being No, I, I think I think we... What it was was that when they told us, all right, we're going to do Stadium Stampede 2 with, with these guys, with the Pinnacle, I think that's when we had started thinking of, like, ideas, and we were all throwing out ideas or whatever. So the original idea that we all had was to have a helicopter. Right. Right, and fly over the stadium lower, and we all rappel out of the helicopter. Right. On some, like, SEAL Team 6 shit. And, uh, and I, remember, <laughs> I remember when we had mentioned that to you, you were the first one to go, well, Yaka Rappel, that <laughs> helicopter is going to lower that ass and I'm going to walk right out of it. Yeah, I do remember that. And then we all started giving you shit. We were like, no, come on. You're going to be the first one to rappel out of there. And then, and then, yeah, I think, you know, it was a, a, uh, an idea we all pretty much had and agreed with. And then I don't think the, the helicopter was available. Well, it's funny because at one point, too, uh, Charlie, who, by the way, did a great job on, on everything, he said... Uh, well, yeah, the, 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 we can't do the helicopter because of the insurance. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, the, 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 no one can get thrown out of the helicopter because of insurance. I said, well, who, who wants to get thrown out of the helicopter? Bing! Sammy. <laughs> Dude, I, it's a movie. You know, we're doing this movie-like <laughs> match. Imagine 20, 40 feet in the air getting thrown out. You do understand that, you're, that when you land, you will land on... I'll basically it, the ground I'll yeah. make it work I'll no, make it work it's spoken from a true guy who's never been injured before just no. wait until you get your first you'll think differently uh, but the point is I was like well the idea has never been for Sammy to get thrown out of the helicopter although Sammy wanted to do that I remember he we also, were texting about it too you're like no, I'm not getting thrown out of the helicopter no Chris I'm getting thrown <laughs> yeah. out of the helicopter he's also the guy that wanted to get thrown off the top level of the staircase last year yeah from the top of the stadium I go What's, what are you going to do when you land he goes well, I don't know disappear <laughs> disappear I'm dead so, uh, so the, the the helicopter was just hard, and I remember, I think somebody, I think it might have even been Tony that was really anti helicopter, talking about Kobe Bryant, and he just didn't like helicopters and all that sort of stuff. But I remember that somebody told me, it might have been Charlie, that said that the mascot Jackson Deville, who I beat up last year, at the games repels from something, and he zip lines. So I said, so you mean repelling and zip lining? is an option he said yes i said well that's interesting let's put that down on the list of things so that's kind of where that came from and then they told me that because i think we had thought okay we'll, we'll zip line down onto the field and then we'll be ready to for battle and they said that zip line you want to do is like double the price of the repelling and when i say double the price it's like 50 or 60 grand more expensive so it's big money and i was like well i guess we're repelling <laughs> Not realizing exactly what that entails. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So we film most of our stuff during the day, and then we have to wait till it's dark to film the beginning of the match, right? So we show up there, and then let's talk about kind of the experiences of that. So it's, it's funny, because you're talking about Sammy crashing downstairs, Sammy jumping out of the helicopter. And we had been talking about Stadium Stampede all of May. We knew we had a big month, and we were, had a vision. 
And in my head, it was always Sammy going up to the high spots and coming down. And it wasn't until <laughs> about two hours before we actually had to do it that I got the actual details about what was happening. <laughs> I went and sat in my trailer and I just sat there for a second by myself. Someone came in, I was like, need a moment, dog. Just give me a moment. Yeah. You're not much of a heights guy. No, I'm not, man. I would say that's probably my kryptonite. Dude, you never would have known. You never said a word. You oh, can see it in I your mean, face in some of those sh behind the scenes. I'll shots. put that first climb up the scoreboard. Uh, that was scarier to me than going into an MMA fight. Yeah, I, I had more of a rush on that, and like just felt like out in the elements. Like any moment, it could have been well, it. Well, let's talk about it first. So we go uh, to the the top platform where we, where we where we kind of landed off of that. That's as high as it goes. So then they they put us. They they kind of gave us a. Like a little bit of a safety briefing type of thing? Listen, they gave us a safety briefing and a prayer. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. after the prayer, yeah. I was like, this, we got to yeah. go. Like, let's. <laughs> I specifically remember one of the guys telling me, um, oh, man, I forgot exactly what he said, but he was talking about an accident happening. He basically said, there was this one guy yeah. that, and you went. I, I was just like, tell me when, we, when we're back on the yeah. floor. I was like, don't tell me this now. Yeah. You're going to mind me and i'm gonna be up there the I whole time i heard him say it and i was yeah. like he's like there's this one guy they say oh, stop <laughs> yeah. stop right now i was like yeah don't tell us about the, <laughs> yeah. i said tell us about the thousand people that had the best time ever don't tell yeah. us about the one guy that shit yeah. happened to <laughs> you know to, to their credit they were super professional they ran through everything a million times with us like two times on the floor and then another time he kind of gave us the run through yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy who was coordinating it but yeah the one guy that was in charge of me i think specifically was just like yeah, man, there was this one guy one time, and I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> Not right now. I never got the story from him, though. Well, we didn't, yeah. yeah, by the time we landed, it was fine. But I remember the, 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 they check, uh, you, they put like this, the whole harness on. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I put it on Santana, then I check to make sure, and then like Jake has to come check, another professional has to check. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was standing there, and everyone else was getting checked, and I was like, is anyone else going to check me? Like, <laughs> Can I get us to check? You start getting excited. Yeah, of course. What were you thinking then, Sammy? Because you're obviously the daredevil of, of the group in a lot of ways. Uh, the scariest part was like the climbing up the Let's steep ass ladders. So explain what we're doing. What we're yeah, doing. so we have to go like go through like the, the the back of the scoreboard thing or the giant TV, whatever you call it. Yeah. And there's these ladders you have to climb up, and you're not strapped into anything. You're legit just climbing these steep ass ladders. Stories. They're like yeah, story stories. ladders that are a story long. And they're straight down. And like I made the mistake of looking down. Because oh. I'm like, man, I feel like we've been climbing for a while. And I look down. I'm like, oh, shit, we're high. You know? <laughs> Mind uh, you, we weren't hooked up to anything at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, we weren't strapped us. in, nothing. Yep. And they never really told us that, which maybe is by design. They just said, okay, you guys climb up these ladders. And I was thinking like, this is pretty high because this scoreboard, I mean, is it 100 feet, 150 feet? I don't know. Yeah. So we're basically climbing 150 feet straight up and it's nighttime. So it's windy, not oh, super windy, but windy enough. I also had that stupid arm brace on and my uh, arm was taped. So my hand was taped. So it's a little bit slippery slidey. And that thing get, kept getting caught at times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if this thing, like, if you fell off this ladder, you literally would die because you would fall stories. Mm -hmm. There was mm -hmm. no like different platform from each from what I recall. It was just one big ladder. Then there'd be kind of like a little area. Then another story of ladders. Mm -hmm. Then a little area. And you were kind of ass flying in the wind. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you said, Jake, that was more terrifying than an MMA fight. 
It really was. I had to like go to a special place in my head um, and just tell myself, step, grip, step, grip. And it was one of those things that I was so glad that I went through with you guys. And afterwards, it was an awesome experience. And like, I mean, how many like feelings do we get like that in life? But if y'all would not have been there, my ass would not have gone on those stairs. That was for you guys. Merry Yo, Christmas. Yo, Jake, first of all, Jake, we, f- we still got beef because supposedly the, the stunt coordinators, they were like the two biggest, heaviest guys have to be on, on each end. Yeah, right? we had to be on the ends. Right? So so we're getting up there and we're climbing. We finally make it up the, those terrible-ass ladders and we're inside the scoreboard. We're right behind it. Did you see those giant spider webs all over the place? Yeah, it was insane. Now I got to deal with spiders. Yeah, too? like right <laughs> out of a sucks. Hollywood haunted house, right. spider web. We survived the climb right to these. And you, I, I swear, the moment we came up, there was this giant spider going, "What's up?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Come on, man!" So we're we're inside the scoreboard, and you know the guy, the coordinator, he's like, "Hey, all right, so obviously the two the two biggest guys have to go first or whatever." And and uh, you know he was making sure you guys we were got to climb up on the roof first. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so he goes, so who's going to go first? And I just see Jake do the Homer Simpson into the, the <laughs> into the bushes. Yep, he's in, into the bushes. He disappeared. And then I'm looking around, and Jake is a big dude. That was the first time I, I, have, I didn't see Jake. He just, like, disappeared. So, so I, I tell the guy, I was like, well, me. I guess I'm, I got to go up there first. And I remember getting up there, and he strapped me in. You're a real friend. Thank you. Yo, that's real love. But, uh, you know, we get up there. He puts me in position. He straps me in. And then he goes and walks away. And I look at him. And I was like, yo, where you going? And he's like, I got to go get the other guys. And I'm like, so I have to stand up here by myself? Like, that's what you're telling me? He's like, no, I'll be quick. Quick my ass. All right. I was up there. And I saw 30 years of my life like flash through my eyes and I'm just holding on tight and the wind is going and I'm just like, this can't be my life. You're like, by yourself? Yeah, and I'm by myself. I can't even like talk to no one. It was, Jake, I love you. To further his point, I, I went up second and I was like, oh, I'll go up there with my partner. I'm not going to leave him out there hanging. His face was hilarious. <laughs> he was like shitting his pants and he looked at me and he looked like he saw a ghost. He was yeah, pale. Was and he was just like, I saw my whole life flash before my eyes and I just started dying. And he was really like, well, the, whatever. The thing is too, when we're walking on the, on the, on the top of it, they have you safety lined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in between every pole, they have to take the safety line off and put it back on. That's how mm-hmm. we're kind of yep. inching our way down. And I remember every time that safety line came off, I was like, put it back on, put it back on. (laughs) And then when you get to the position you got to be, the safety line comes off and you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know? And so, because you were second, Mm -hmm. then I was third, and then you were fourth, and then Jake was last, right? By design. By design. (laughs) So then they said, uh, the three guys in the middle, which is Sammy Ortiz and I, you'll go first, and then then Jake and, and Santana will go second. And I remember him saying, like, now that you're hooked up here, like, now that you're on the line, if you fell asleep right now, you would still go. Like, you have no control anymore now, right? So then we're sitting there for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. as they're getting the shot ready. That's when I started to get in my head and started to lose it. Mm -hmm. How was it for you guys sitting there like that? 
That was terrible. Yeah. That was, you know, because like you said, you're, you're, your head starts going to like some real dark places, yeah. you know, and you start being reminded of other situations right. that, that have happened. And, and as much as you try not to think of those things, is almost next to impossible because you're, you know, this, this is such a, even though, you know, we're all professionals and the guys that were taking care of us were all professionals, anything can happen. Right. You know what I mean? Anything. Right. And, uh, but I remember looking down and it was so high up that the, I saw these little black marks on the ground mm -hmm. that later on I realized were the refs. They were so small. They looked like little tiny, yeah. like smaller than, than grains of rice. Uh -huh. Like just little kind of little like eyelashes almost smaller, you know? How about you, Sammy? So, yeah, when we first got up there and we were strapped and just sitting with our legs dangled over it, just waiting, uh, at first I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of scary. But then like after a little bit, I'm like, I'm not backing out. I know y'all not backing out. So I'm like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I might as well just try to enjoy it because, you know, I'm probably never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. So then I started kind of around, like kind of dancing a little bit next to Jake, you know. It was cool, man. It was. I definitely don't want to do it again, but it was definitely an experience. The best part is that then you start getting your vlog. Yeah, Joe's because Joe, like you mentioned, Joe, our stunt guy, he climbed up with us just to be there and then climbed down again. Yep. I can't imagine climbing down those stairs. Okay, I would do it again because I would not want to do those. If you stairs. can jetpack me up to the top, yeah, I would do it again. But I'm not doing. I'm those not climbing ladders those, again. Those ladders. So anyway, so you're doing your vlog thing, and I remember I made a joke when you're in the inner circle. You're always on top. What a stupid catchphrase yeah. that was. We're all laughing laughing except for jake who's looking straight forward <laughs> so then i watched it again and jake has a little bit of a of a grin and that's it we're all like ah, ha, ha, ha. jake's just like <laughs> not around crew <laughs> as soon as we get down on the ground i had so many production guys come up to me and they're like man we got your face when you were at the top <laughs> and i was like yeah dad look tough and they were like mm. <laughs> but it looked like he was an undefeated uh, MMA guy. <laughs> And then I go, so you guys had zoomed in cameras on us? I should have found out that beforehand. <laughs> so then they go, they said three, two, one, go. And this is go time. And I, I, so you guys went, uh, Santana and Sammy, sorry, Ortiz and Sammy went first. And I sat there for a second, a little longer, only because like, a little bit intimidated, but like you're trying to make sure you're in the right position, and there was kind of a There's cable a underneath, yeah, cable. a wire underneath our seats that you same thing happened got, to me. Got it got caught, caught up on the harness, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: when you guys went, I saw the rope that was right in front of me gets pulled out, and I'm like, "Oh, that pulls them out! Oh, it's pulling me out too!" And then here we go. <laughs> so I came off, I swung straight out, and I came straight back and hit scoreboard and I, I you can still see the little cut I didn't yeah. cut my which Ortiz will say Ortiz uh, hurt his finger but I came and smacked against the scoreboard which it's solid and it's serrated like you can feel the edges like almost like a, like a like a like a, a, a ruffled chip yeah and I hit that thing hard and it was like donk it's like <laughs> shit but the thing for me was there was no like if you bungee or something you feel that you go down and up there was none of that like once we went out there was a swing but you could feel we were super strapped in. Mm -hmm. I never felt like wobbly. Mm -hmm. And then I felt a little bit better about it, you know? Um, how was it for you guys getting pulled out? Uh, yeah, I, I, for the whole time to go back to your question earlier with the mindset, uh, it was helping that we were talking. Like yes, me, you yeah. and Santana were like off to the side and we were talking. So it helped me get distracted and I was just focusing on the instructions. I never looked down. I was like, if I look down, I'm gonna freak myself out. Yeah. 
So I never looked down. And then when he said three, two, one, go, I was like, I'm just going to go as soon as he says go. Whatever. I'm going to trust in the equipment, trust in everybody and go. So when I went, I pushed off and went flying off. And then as I'm falling down, I remember saying, you can grab the the rope that the harness is attached to in front of you. So I'm a right I'm right-handed and just automatically I went to go grab the rope. But then as soon as like you hit uh, tension, mm-hmm. it kind of pulled up a little bit and my fingers slipped down and it hit the metal part of the- um, The clip or whatever? The clip, yeah. yeah. And my fingernail, it hit my cubicle and my fingernail almost That's came off. That's what it is, yeah, yeah, I see it now. So then it just started bleeding and then all the fear I had went away because I'm like, my finger <laughs> and i'm like you can see certain shots that i'm in the air getting laid down I'm, I'm supposed to look like a badass but i'm just like this with my finger and luckily man i my finger didn't get caught with all that pressure coming thinking, down yeah that could yeah. Have been dangerous man i i, I would have kept going with a finger like with my no finger choice. just on the floor <laughs> like what i would have did but I, I almost lost a finger. But Jake being the only smart one, he, he stopped by a gas station earlier in the day and got gloves. Uh, and everyone I talked to, they were like, you're repelling and you didn't have gloves. And no I was like, I know. Us. Yeah, no one no. told us. Yeah, I think we do this shit every week. Yeah. <laughs> Any other entertainment, movie, TV, whatever, they'd have stuntmen going down and then we'd get about six feet off the ground, yeah. we'd say cut, and then we'd get the glory shot. Yeah, yeah. That's not what happened. That was us from the beginning till the end. Yeah. Um, so when we go over the edge, what, what are you guys thinking and how much longer was that until Santana and Hager go? So right before it happened, like for me, like the sitting down and putting your legs over the edge and just kind of having to dangle there and then they have to pull the slack out of the line and it kind of like pulls your hips out. So you really got to have a good grip. And, and before you say, let me just say, what he's saying is we're literally sitting on the edge of that thing, like a little kid dangling his feet over the dock to splash like the water. We're, that's how we're sitting yeah. for 20 minutes. So continue. And uh, over the top of where we're sitting, there was like a steel cable. Right. And I noticed like my, my thing got caught on it right away. And I was trying to like hit my butt over it, but not go too far. And I know you guys had problems with it. And I felt like I was on an island screaming, hey, there's a cable. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, how it goes in the moment. But after we got up there and we got over and like I saw you three go first you know, it's just time to go. You're not going to leave your brothers behind. And like he said, you felt very secured and uh, going down. At the very end, the pyro starts going off. And they had me, the last one. I was right over the pyro. And I was literally like Yosemite <laughs> Sam running, trying to get over the, away from the fire. And then the pyro guy came up to me. He was like, how was it? I was like, do I owe you money? <laughs> Did it make it easier when you saw us go over Santa? Um it did a little bit, but I I just um, again I I think we all had trouble with that that cable that, cable, that yeah because yeah, I had gotten caught too, but um, all like when when it was time for us to to go and and you know push off the the ledge, all I kept thinking and I think I might have yelled it while we were going. To, I just kept thinking of that scene in the Lost Boys where they're hanging <laughs> from the bridge and they just let go yeah. and they fall into the clouds, and. Uh, I remember just keeping that in my head. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna fall into a bed of clouds, and we're gonna, and we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be alright." You, well, you even said that on because in the edit, I watched it before they put like the the sound effects and the yeah. Judas over top. You're like, "We're the last boys, mother." Yeah, yeah. And all you can see when we go over the edge, you hear like a ah, f- yeah. this is f- right. It's like a million f bombs dropped so in the middle. Many. And I remember too, the guy also said, "If you start spinning around, uh, spin your leg around in a circle." 
and that'll keep you forward. Kind of like if you're swimming, you try and want to stay. So I did that a couple times, and then I did it one time, and I had total control, and I put my finger out like, I'm coming after you, Max. And they got it on camera, and it's like, that's the one time I look cool the whole time, and they caught it on camera. So it's like, all right, perfect. It's the one time you had control. Exactly, one control. And like now, once we got like probably a quarter of the way down, yeah. I realized that like, we are totally fine. Yep. Now let's start having some fun with it, mm -hmm. you know? Watching the back, I didn't see us up there. I saw Steven Seagal, Schwarzenegger, Chuck <laughs> Norris. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, like or the Avengers. Like that yeah. was a superhero moment. Yeah. Like I remember afterwards, we're like, who gets to do this shit? Like it was scary at first, but nobody has ever done that before in wrestling. And I'll say nobody's ever done it again. If they do, it's only because they're copying us. Mm -hmm. That's pretty badass. It's one of the cool things about the Stampede is like the first year, you didn't really know what it was. So there's no pressure on like what, what we could do because we knew we could just make something. Right. And then this year, there's more pressure. You want to like have it on the same level or better and have it in a different light. And so just having that opportunity to be able to create and like do stuff like this in order to make it better, really cool to be a part of. I'm just, uh, I'm just thankful and, and just it's awesome that a lot if not all of the things that we have done so far in the last 18 months, it's going to live forever, mm -hmm. you know, with, with this company. And as the company continues to grow and expand and like, these are moments that are solidified in the, the company's history, you know, and the fact that we all got to do it together and, and experience all those things together is just, it's awesome, man. Yeah. When we did that montage last week, which was a minute and, and you said like, we've done some pretty cool shit. And that was just a, a short little yeah. slice of it. You could make a whole 90 minute documentary on yeah. the inner circle. Uh, a few more things that I wanted to point out when we got to the bottom and landed, our pyro goes off. But when we got to the bottom, Ortiz, the, the weight was off and he fell on his back yeah. like as he landed like he, as he hit the ground so he didn't fall from any distance yeah so he lands on the ground and the pyro's going off and i'm like looking at him he's like get up get your ass up if you don't get if we don't get this pyro shot i ain't doing it again get up get up i, I was literally like a turtle on it on the back of the shell i was just so embarrassed because we were, we're looking like badasses but the harness since it's so clipped so high my weight was kind of like above my hips. Right. So my feet touched the ground, but then all of a sudden it's just like all the slack went. Yeah. And I just straight back bumped on the ground. <laughs> so I was just laughing. And Chris was like, get up, get up. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, Chris was making yeah. damn sure he yeah. wasn't climbing up that shit again. Yeah. This is one time we got it. Yeah. Uh, something we've done great every time, we've done it a, a bunch of times, is uh, the, the, the matching outfits, but cool versions of them we had. For the weigh-in, we had kind of the MMA tracksuits mm -hmm. that we got made. Stadium Sempi one, we had the football uniforms, which was awesome. Blood and Guts, we had the the prison outfits. And then we came up with the idea, actually, I think Jake first had the vest. Because we had spoken about doing maybe the Warriors gimmick from the movie, where they're all wearing the vest. And Jake got one made. Just talk about, that's that's Ortiz's boy. Yeah. Or, and Santana's Santana, boy. Yep. Great job. And those things looked great yeah. on camera. They really did. Like that to me was like maybe our best costume ever. Yeah. You could fight in it and just talk a little bit about that that idea. What'd you think, Sammy, about that? Yo, I thought they were badass. Like I just was gonna wear it one time and then like frame it like I did with yeah. the football. But like, man, these are so cool. I wanna just wear it out every week now, you know, yeah. whenever I wrestle. And that's the thing, because it says our names and nicknames and stuff on it, we could wear it no matter what yeah you could wear it forever you know i think i'm going to yeah. like i was gonna do a one-time thing but they're, they're just yeah. too badass the uh, shout out to uh his uh 
IG. You can follow him. He's an artist. He does paintings. He does graffiti. He does a little bit of everything. And also he raps as well, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, he's just he's kind of a jack of all trades and he's just super talented. Uh, his IG is uh, Tony.Caves. Caves, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also Hawk Motorsports, which is HWK Motorsports. No, that's the uh, the, the brand of the leather vest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that's tagged separate. that on. Yeah. <laughs> I said, cool yeah. vest by Hawk Motorsports. Yeah. I'll have well, to switch I mean, that. I'll yeah, have to switch yeah. that. Give me his name later. But that's the we'll, brand of the vest that gotcha, we had. But gotcha. yeah. Well, thanks to them. Too. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking that stupid idiot. But um, uh, uh, yeah, he uh, he hooked it up. Uh, we've known him for a while. He's a uh, part of. Um, Bodega Bams is crew the 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 artist that did our first theme song, and yeah, man, he's he's always been a big supporter. He's a huge wrestling fan, and uh, uh, yeah, since day one, since we got with him, he's just uh, we've always really really uh, loved his work. Like he helped design our first shirt and stuff like that, and uh, a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. But um, the cool thing about it is when Jake got it made, you had kind of the the Santana Ortiz the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. but with the, the American bandana. I never would have thought of that. I would have put like an Inner Circle logo on the back, but it just looked cooler. Because yeah. if you look closely, people watching, Santana Ortiz says their uh, Statue of Liberty has a Puerto Rican headband. Mm-hmm. Sammy's and Jake's has an American flag headband, and mine has a Canadian flag yeah, headband. Yeah. Yeah. That's just another little detail. Like these By things. the way, my my grandma that was my grandmother's favorite like part of the whole match. Just a little detail. Just that detail that we each had our different you yeah. know flags and stuff on the, cool. the statue. I dropped the ball with Sammy. Yeah. He was supposed to. Yeah. Someone someone tweeted they're like, well, how, how come we don't have the Cuban flag? Yeah. I tried. I tried. I, I dropped the ball. I was supposed to relay the message and I forgot to relay the message. Oh, so the the things me. are still dope regardless. Yeah. yeah. Besides his last name and his background, he's about as Cuban as I am. <laughs> well, I think Jericho should have had the Cuban flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last thing, Sammy, uh, as we as we wind down here, the fifth finish of the match we had discussed doing something high risk because i feel that that you did it during the the fight on the field which by the way this year did you guys notice we were hardly on the field at all for like a a, a minute and i thought <laughs> at minutes, first we yeah. might get kind of you know roasted for that a bit but it didn't matter but i was just thinking we didn't do anything on the field we started there and we went off into our own little world mm-hmm. but you you had a shooter on the field that sean moved mm-hmm. you were going to do it in the the equipment room off the rack and he moved and i just yeah. like we're going to want to see this and so we had discussed a couple of things you said i'm just going to do what i feel it's either it's going to be a couple of tell the ideas yeah it think. was either going to be a shooting star maybe a spiral tap or the 630 what's the spiral tap spiral tap is like a front flip but you do like a 360 spin gotcha you also discussed maybe some kind of a frog splash yeah frog splash swanton thing right um the 630 is probably the coolest thing I that's can what do. i was hoping for yeah but uh, when I'm up there, depending on where the guy's positioned, uh, you know, it can either go really well or really not. And it's the end of the match, so we went, we needed to go really well. Cause can you imagine if I did the 6:30 and just missed? <laughs> can you imagine? Pinnacle, pinnacle wins, inner circle's done. <laughs> That's what would happen. I probably would just lay there like, you know what? Just pin, pin me, me, Sean. I yeah. want to die. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and no, I got up there, man, and with the crowd, it just was such a amazing feeling. I just it was in the moment, and I was like, "I'm doing the f- six thirty, man. I'm gonna nail this." And I nailed it. I crushed him. Oh yeah, you you couldn't <laughs> hit it any better or any more vicious looking. Yeah, I guess he owes me money or something, you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, six. That was a brilliant idea, especially. It's almost like we planned that from the beginning with the teasing from the, from the very beginning mm-hmm. to trying to jump off and then finally nailing it. So I guess uh, huge success. Like I said, second biggest buy rate we've done. And, and we've now 
open the door for a stadium stampede three and um just final thoughts on the match for me like i think we did such a great job in providing a different style of match with still all the twists and turns that you expect we raised the bar in a lot of ways with the repelling uh we got so much mainstream press from the from the urban meyer scene that was all over you know espn and you know sports desk and canada everything um, and I think, once again, we, we proved everybody who thought they knew what we were going to do wrong. Oh, it's just going to be another comedy. It was not that. It was a hard-hitting action movie that we wanted. And once again, to do it with you guys, it was awesome because definitely one of the highlights of my career is being in the inner circle. But doing this, I remember when we finished that rappelling, just all of us looking at each other going like, "What? A, this is the coolest way to make a living ever. Yeah. You know, it was just unbelievable so no better job in the world man yeah so i just think it was a huge success and once again another great moment to experience with with you guys final thoughts yeah i think uh, it was really cool to be a part of and uh just goes to show you like what what stadium stampede could be like where, where could it go if we do it again it's really exciting and uh, i remember we were texting about it after it went down and i think you texted the group like saying those hugs in the in the ring were real you know and yeah. it, it, like it took me a moment because like you, you're in the moment you're just like like kind of just going one hug to the next and then like sitting there it's like man those were real and like how many times uh do people that you work with do you really love each other like 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 we do and it's, it's just man yeah great place to work yeah yeah like i've i uh it, like i said it, it's it, i think this is going to be something that we all remember for for the rest of our lives you know like uh i know damn well i'm not gonna forget repelling <laughs> off a <laughs> scoreboard in an nfl stadium and uh being able to do it with all you guys and and of course you know like we've ortiz and i have said this before like jericho and and reading your first book was the reason why you know how we became a tag team and all that stuff so to see our careers come full circle the way it has and just having just the opportunity to experience all these things, man, has has been truly special. And like I, if if it all ended tomorrow, like I can honestly say, yo, like we we did something special, you know. And I'm and I'm proud of what we've done. Uh, yeah. To to go off the point, I think the the hug at the end and the, it, it was that crowd, man. They they made that moment so special for us. And them singing Judas, it was just that was the moment. It was just very full circle. Double or nothing started the pandemic, and then we finished the pandemic in a really feel-good way. And, um, you know, Sammy's redemption story, I think it played perfectly through the beginning of this story and this whole arc. And obviously, we still got a story to tell. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for, you know, 20 years from now, whoever is is in our spot, what they'll do with Stadium Stampede 10 or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like. Because you only know with time things get crazier and better. You know what I mean? You will always have the the nostalgicness of the beginning and the, and where it came from. But imagine what people are going to be doing. Like you know, imagine a Leo Rush in a stadium stampede. He's already an action star in the ring. It'll be ridiculous. And um, I can't wait, man. And and to look back when we get older and be like, man, we influenced that. And it'll be so cool to see where it goes. Our our stadium stampede will look like the first Brett and uh, or uh, the Sean and uh, Razor or ladder match. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. Yeah. They did took they took three bumps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Take it home, Sammy. Yeah, no. I, I mean, what Santana just said too. I was thinking that when we're all hugging there, I'm like, man, if it just ended right here, my girlfriend's here. You guys are my best friends. Like. If I just, because 
earlier that day uh, a fan came to my room you know and tried to get in my room at the hotel oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah i had to change that's what, like i was oh, late shit. yeah i legit had to change oh, rooms man. and like i was thinking because like he wanted me to sign stuff and i was like if that guy literally kills me later like this is one of the best nights ever you know like <laughs> well, but luckily that didn't happen if he did we would kill him right after. that's right so that's right uh but no it was, a, it was a night I'll definitely never forget, man. Um, especially, it was just cool to be able to see y'all's all scenes because I didn't watch anything That's back. Right. I wanted to watch it with the crowd's reaction and everything. And just like how we all come together and then also get creative separately to create this one thing, Stadium Stampede. I think this is what makes it so special is it's just 10 guys, us five, um, all coming together to make the best product. And Stadium Stampede, I think forever, it'll be cemented with Inner Circles match, you know? Well, guys, a pleasure as always. I'm sure there'll be a lot more to come. And uh, like I said, I'll never forget us sitting on top of that stupid... <laughs> <laughs>